the speed once again, and he's, oh my goodness, that is huge! It's a white flag for the Cuban. Hi everybody and warm, warm welcome to the Triple Jumpers podcast with me, Marcus Lombard. Today, I meet a young American triple jumper, Ketora Orji. Ketora recently broke history as she became the first woman ever to win four consecutive U.S. outdoor titles in the triple jump. She's also a multiple NCAA champion, the 2018 Bowerman winner, and she finished fourth at the 2016 Olympic Games. In this episode, we talk a lot about the upcoming World Championships and how Ketora prepares for that, but we also cover her phenomenal college career and her background as a gymnast. Are you ready? Let's start episode number 10 of the Triple Jumpers podcast with Ketora Orji. Warm welcome to the Triple Jumpers podcast, Ketora Orji. Hey, everyone. <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, okay, so this year's uh, season is almost done, but uh, the pinnacle of the year, the World Championships, is still left. And uh, on your road to Doha, you've had a great uh, season. And uh, last week at the Diamond League final, you finished fourth. Uh, what are your words after the Diamond League final? Um, I think overall, this season has just been really great. I was really happy with my performance in Paris because I haven't jumped over 1470 since 2016 at the Olympics. And so I think overall, I'm just very pleased with my season. I wasn't really happy with how I jumped in Zurich, but also the track felt extremely hard to me. And most of the jumpers there also didn't jump that well. So I'm not sure if it was me or the track, but I wasn't too happy with my performance in Zurich. But overall, just happy with the season because of the personal best in Paris. Yeah, as you said, uh, you set a personal best in, in Paris, uh, mm-hmm. only by one centimeter, but it still was a PB. Uh, how did it felt to finally break your personal best? Um, it just felt amazing. It felt like a breakthrough. And I honestly was beco- becoming discouraged because I've been jumping for so long. And this whole season, I think I've been jumping almost 1450. If you go back through all my marks and meets, I jumped 1450 at almost every single one. So just getting a little bit discouraged and thinking that I'm like, oh, I'm like, I feel like I'm right before a mountain, but I'm not climbing over the mountain. I'm just staying on the mountain. <laughs> and so I was really happy to finally get over that 1450 mark again and jump that 1470. Yeah. And uh, you haven't break your personal best in three years before uh, Paris. Uh, is it hard to find motivation and keep going uh, um, when you're not uh, breaking any any personal bests? Um, I don't think it's hard to find motivation. If anything, it motivates me even more because I know that I still have a long ways to go to get better. And so it definitely is motivating and keeps me almost disciplined to keep pushing. But I think it's more on the faith side when I'm competing. I kind of lose faith almost with myself when I go out and I feel like I've been working hard and my practices have been going very well. And then I get the same exact mark over and over and over again. So I don't think it really affects my motivation or discipline, but sometimes just my faith and believing in myself really gets down because I go to the meet and jump the same thing. Okay, and uh, your new personal best is uh, only 
a couple of centimeters uh, from Tari Franklin's uh, US record. Uh, do you wish to, to take the record back soon? <laughs> yes, of course. I think anyone that loses a record definitely wants to get it back. And so I'm really happy with the direction I'm in. And I know Doha will definitely create an atmosphere where that's possible. But I think as a whole, I'm just really excited for the event in America because Women's Triple Jump has always been a weak event for us. And we haven't done too well on the world stage compared to other countries. So just really happy that we even have two triple jumpers at such a high stage and at the top of the world that can compete against the best and fighting for a medal because that's never been done in American women's triple jump history. Yeah, and you and Tori have had uh, many intense fights uh, against each other uh, during the past few years. Uh, how is it to compete against her and have her uh, as a competitor? Um, it's very it's very fierce and entertaining to compete against her. She is very emotional, kind of the opposite of me. If anyone's seen me compete, I'm kind of straight-faced and monotone, um, don't really show much emotion while she's the opposite. She likes to dance and really energetic and really gets into it. And so I think it's been entertaining for the crowd. And she definitely brings out the best in me. Most athletes can tell you if there's no competition, then you want, you're not going to get better. And so always having someone to push you really makes you stay on your toes and brings out the best person, that, best athlete that you can be. So it's honestly been very entertaining. And um, just I'm just grateful to have her to push me to the best I can be. Okay, so uh, in this season, you've had, uh, as you said before, a great season. And uh, one month ago, you wrote history as you became the first woman to... Uh, to win four consecutive uh, U.S. outdoor titles in the triple jump. Um, how cool was it to to get your name into the history books like that? Yeah, it was it was um, just surreal. Like, I just always thought back. After I achieved it, I just started thinking back, back to when I was younger. And when I just started triple jumping, I started triple jumping sophomore year. And I would always look at other athletes and wish I could jump as far as them or wish I could accomplish what they were accomplishing. And so just fast forwarding and seeing my career from high school to college and now, it's honestly amazing and surreal what I have been able to accomplish and the way I've been able to remain, remain consistent and at the top. And so just so grateful, never imagined it. And I want to encourage anyone that's listening, if you're looking up to other people and wishing that you could accomplish what they do just know that I was in that same position and just to keep working hard and pushing through. It's amazing. And you've already won uh, four national outdoor titles at the age of 23. Uh, so you're you're still very young and have a lot more years in this sport if you if you stay healthy. Uh, what are your goals for your track and field career? Um my goals first of all are just to keep getting better. Um, I'm one of those people that some people say they care more about finishing, place finishing off of what they um, actually achieve. But I'm one of those people that like to just continue to get better. So if I'm getting 10th place at every meet, but I am hitting a personal best every time, I'm going to be really happy because that shows me that I'm continuing to get better. So just my first goal is to stay healthy and to keep getting better. My second goal is to win a medal. I actually won my first senior medal at Pan American Games um, in the long jump, surprisingly. And so going into world championships in the Olympics, my goal there is to medal. I think almost every athlete in track and field wants to win a medal. Um, and then just staying consistent. I don't want to be all over the place with my marks where one meet I'm really jumping far, and the next meet I'm 
not doing as well. So just staying consistent and then also just being able to influence um, younger generations too. I think sometimes we get caught up in our sport and we don't involve other people in it, but I'm one of those people that like to mentor younger people and really care about all the other people that are looking up to me. So just being a good role model and um, setting a good um, example for people that want to be in this position is really important to me too. Okay, cool. Um, as you said, you won your first uh, senior medal at uh, the Pan American Games in the long jump. How how did it, how did that feel? Yeah, um, that meet I was. Um, it's hard to describe it because it's long jump's not my main event. I I definitely do it a lot, but it's not my main event. So going in, I'm kind of more relaxed because I'm like, it's just long jump. You're not. There's no pressure. You're just trying your best. And so I went in hoping to medal and then it was also cold there and I my first three jumps were not were not good at all I was kind of getting down on myself um and I I saw what other people were jumping and I was like Katora you can do this you can jump as far as them but it just wasn't going and so I think it was my fourth or fifth attempt I can't remember but I just told myself to stop worrying about everyone else and just focus on executing and that was when the silver medal jump happened so just really happy again it's amazing that my two medals that I've won, my two silver medals that I've won have both been long jump, one in World Youth and one at Pan American Games. <laughs> so just interesting that I end up doing better in the long jump, maybe because I'm more relaxed, I'm not sure. But overall, just really, really happy about my performance there. And I love to show that I can do both events because most people only do one. So it's really fun for me to get to switch back and forth. Yeah, so you, you see yourself as mainly a, a triple jumper. Yes, because at every major competition, I've only triple jumped. <laughs> but do you train for both or do you focus on one event? We train for both. And this was actually the first year that I doubled at USA's. So I did the long jump after triple jumping and ended up getting sixth. Um, we just wanted to see how it worked because I'd been jumping 680 this year. And that could possibly make the team if I was to do that on the day at USA's. And so we just tried the double this year, but I definitely train it and I've been training it since college. And I think I will continue to train it, especially since there has been a threat that women's triple jump may be removed from the Diamond League. <laughs> so definitely need to have a, a second um, a second event in my back pocket. Yeah, exactly. It, it's an interesting month we have uh, ahead of us as they, they're taking the decision about the, the disciplines getting out of the Diamond Leagues very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so combining triple jump and long jump, do you think that is tricky or do you, do you have any problem with that? Um, I don't I don't think I have any problems with it. Sometimes my takeoffs get mixed up. And so sometimes when I'm long jumping, I'll kind of have more of a triple jump takeoff. And sometimes when I'm triple jumping, I'll have more of a long jump takeoff. So just making sure I'm focused um, on whichever event I'm doing. And then also I feel like the events um, go hand in hand and pretty much help one and the other. So usually if I'm getting better at long jump, I'm also getting better at triple jump. I think it's important to also work my opposite leg, my left leg in the long jump, because that's the leg that I end up taking off from for my third phase in the triple jump. So I think both events end up helping each other. And usually if I'm doing well in one, I'm going to end up doing well in the other also. Now that we, we've been talking a little bit about uh, this season, I want to go back a couple of years to when it all took off. Uh, could you give us a 
brief description of yourself, where you come from and what got you into track and field and horizontal jumps? Yeah, so um, I was raised in New Jersey. Um, my mom is American, um, but my dad is Nigerian. So I grew up around, I grew up with a very high African influence. Um, I started out with gymnastics and I really liked that I was a competitive gymnast and ended up competing level eight, training for level nine. I'm not sure if you know the levels, but I was a pretty high up competitive gymnast. And I think that's why I'm a little bit shorter than I was supposed to be. <laughs> but I really liked that. And then in eighth grade, I um, I didn't enjoy it as much. If anyone that anyone that knows gymnastics knows it's a lot of hours. We practice 24, 20 hours a week. And then it's just a lot of stress and a lot of emotions for someone that's young. So I decided to quit gymnastics. But when I was younger, um, during recess, I used to play with boys and play tag and all this stuff. And I was always fast. So I was like, well, let me try track. So my freshman year of high school, I joined the track team, hoping to be a sprinter. Most people, that's all you know about track. So I wanted to be a sprinter. And I was okay at sprinting. But then my coach let me try long jump freshman year. And I did okay. I think I jumped about 17 feet. I don't know what that is in meters. Maybe like five, 530, maybe. I'm not sure. But it was okay. And... I asked to do triple jump that year, but my coach said that I'm already doing enough events because I had, had done sprinting and relays and hurdles and high jump. I did everything. So she didn't let me triple jump my freshman year. But my sophomore year, I asked to triple jump again, and this time she let me. And so the first time I triple jumped, I didn't really know any technical stuff. I just saw people do it, so I just copied what I'd seen and then ended up jumping 36 feet, which was a school record. And from there, it kind of took off. My junior year, I qualified for World Youth in long and triple jump. And those are where I won my first medals, which was a silver medal in long jump and a bronze medal in triple jump. And I finished off high school with PBs of 639 meters in long jump and 1369 meters in triple jump. So that was kind of my entrance into the jumping world before I went to college. Yeah. And... As you said, you you enjoy doing athlete uh, or gymnastics in in your early age. Uh, do you think that helped you in becoming a track and field athlete? Definitely. Um, I think first of all, gymnastics helps you with discipline. Being a, being a competitive gymnast, you practice so much in different events, and you're practicing for perfection. So on the day that you compete, you want everything to be perfect. So it just teaches discipline. Um, directly it teaches strength um, just met it moving your body in certain ways and um, controlling your body keeps uh, teaches body control it also teaches um, I think foot contacts most people have said that I have very good foot contacts um, when I triple jump and I think that's from being barefoot and flipping around during gymnastics um, I think it just um, taught a lot of coordination in me and um, I think, yeah, I think it definitely helps me a lot. And usually a lot of gymnasts end up being pole vaulters, but I ended up being a jumper. So I, I think definitely gymnastics is a good sport, for, a good base for any sport that you want to do because it teaches so much. You, you talked about uh, that foot uh, footwork. Um, mm -hmm. Usually when I, my experience of athletes coming from, from gymnastic, they, they have a, a big problem with the dorsiflexion. Uh, <laughs> was that something for you? 
Um, it wasn't really. I actually, <laughs> I actually struggled with pointing my toes when I was a gymnast. Okay. I was one of the, I was one of the people that kind of always had the flex toes and the bent knees, and they'd always say, "Keep your legs together, keep your legs straight, point your toes." I'm, I feel like I'm kind of gymnastics is more graceful and more like flowing, but I was more of like a rough, stiff, the opposite, and just powerful. I wasn't really. It wasn't always grace. It was more power. And I think that translated well into triple jump because there's, even though triple jump is graceful, you, you're not required to look graceful or point your toes or look pretty while you're doing it. You can you can kind of just get through the movement as far as you can. Yeah. Okay. So um, your early success in the track and field took you to the University of Georgia and uh, Georgia Bulldogs, uh, and in college you absolutely dominated. Uh, you won three, respectively four, consecutive NCAA titles, uh, indoors and outdoors, in the triple jump. And you also accomplished a lot of uh, other great things during your years in college and was awarded with the Bowerman in 2018. Um, one could say you had a fantastic couple of years in college. Oh, yes, yes, it definitely was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what do you think led up to... To the success you had um i think a lot goes into success in college um the first thing i'll credit to is my parents because they just raised me to be very disciplined and focused and i think sometimes in college a lot of talented people don't do as well because there's a lot of distractions in college there's a lot of different things that you can get involved in and so i want to credit first my parents for just raising me as disciplined and focused And then the second thing is my coach, because he knew a lot about the event and I did not know anything. And so I think that combination worked very well because sometimes um, athletes come in and they know a lot about their event. And so they're halfway thinking about what they did before and halfway thinking about what the new coach is saying. Well, I knew nothing. So whatever my coach said, I was like, okay, sounds good. And so it, I think that really wor worked well with transitioning from high school to college. And then... I would also say my teammates, um, the, the training place at UGA is just, we have a lot of the top athletes in the jumps. And so you're pushed every day and you get to see the best athletes jump in front of you and try and imitate them and be like them. And so I think the, um, I think the atmosphere also was a really big influence and the combination of those three are really what pushed me to be who I am today. Yeah, okay. Who who was your coach uh, there? My coach is Petros Cipriano. He's still coaching me also. Yeah, okay, okay. So, in 2016, you made your international debut at a senior level by finishing uh, fourth at the World Indoor Championships. Uh, how did it feel to do so good in, um, in your first international championship? Yeah, it felt... Um... <laughs> It felt again surreal, especially because I was still in college. And so I was going, I remember going to the meet and all the people I was jumping against were people that I looked up to. Like I'd seen them jump on TV and I had watched their videos and I was amazed by them and I was now competing against them. So it was just unbelievable to be, to even be there. And then to finish fourth, um, most people think Um, that I would be upset, but it was also a PB. And like I said, I'm all about me getting better no matter what the finish. And so 
I was just extremely happy to even be there and then finish so well also. My coach was upset with the fourth place finish <laughs> because I was um, a few centimeters. I think it might have been one centimeter from third place, but I was overall just happy and excited to be there. And you continue to do well in the outdoor season. Um, at the age of 20, you qualified for your first Olympic Games. Uh, describe how it was like to qualify and how, how the experience was in Rio. Yeah. Um, now, this also takes me back to gymnastics because when I was a gymnast, almost all my friends would say to me, oh, you're going to go to the Olympics later? Because in gymnastics, that's also the pinnacle of the sport, going to the Olympics. And so all my friends and family members were like, you're going to go in the Olympics, you're going to be in the Olympics, all this all this talk about the Olympics. And then I quit gymnastics. And so it was almost as if that Olympic dream had died. And then I found another way in triple jump and jumping and so to even qualify for the team it just brought me back to when all those people said oh you're gonna go to the olympics and i was like i ended up going but in a different sport and then it was great because a lot of my uga teammates also qualified and so i felt almost very comfortable there because we were all we all trained together we all go to school together and then we were all in rio together also so it was just a very comfortable atmosphere going And I remember my roommate and I kept looking at each other and we would be like, we're really at the Olympics right now. Like we couldn't believe it. You don't you don't like grasp what you have achieved until it's all over. And so it was just surreal. And I think my favorite part might have been getting the gear because the USA team gives so much gear to the Olympic to the Olympians that qualify. And so I got like two bags of suitcases and I it was such nice gear. I was just was. I just was amazed about the entire thing and I kept smiling. I was just so happy and um, really happy with my performance also, which most people, again, think I was upset because I think I was three centimeters from a medal, but I didn't even think I would finish fourth. So I was extremely happy. Yeah. And um, you broke the American record uh, also there with 1471, which was your personal best until uh, Paris a couple of weeks ago. Um What about uh, what about that? How did it felt to to break the American record? Yeah, so at that point, I had already had the American record. I had broken it um, at NCAA's that year with fourteen fifty three, and so once again, just if I had if I had ever PB'd, it was going to be an American record, and so I think I was a little bit more surprised the first time I broke it at um, at NCAA's rather than at the Olympics. And I also, I don't think I gave myself time to even enjoy that moment because I knew like this was the Olympics. Like it's not time to celebrate. These people are the best in the world and they're coming after you or already surpassed you. So like we need to step it up even more. So I think I really didn't even celebrate in the moment or later on because I was just thinking about we need to keep going. We we have other people that are better than you still. This is not the time to like be content. Okay. And um, you were only... 20 years old there in in Rio how did you manage to to perform so good being only 20 years old with with barely no experience from from these big championships and how did you manage to to perform there um i think i credit it to again my parents but also god um i'm really big in my faith and There's a Bible verse that I always say to myself before I jump. If you ever see my mouth moving, I'm saying God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power. 
And so I take that verse and I'm just thinking about that. If I feel nervous or anything, I always tell myself, I don't have a spirit of fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. I have a spirit of power. God has given me a spirit of power. And then also just knowing that I'm prepared and that my competitors are just people. Sometimes we, in our heads, freak ourselves out from thinking about like, oh my gosh, this is so-and-so and they've jumped this and they've done this and they can do this. We're, we're almost... Um, discouraging ourselves or putting ourselves down with just our mind and so I'm always in the moment I'm always thinking they're just people and all you can do is try your best some people put a lot of pressure on themselves I don't like to put pressure on myself because I'm like I'm gonna go to the meet and I'm gonna try my best and that's all I can do and whatever happens is what happens so I was already happy to be there for the Olympics and I was like whatever happened I'm gonna try my best whatever happens happens there's no reason to be upset because you know you gave your all and that's all you can really do. So that's kind of the, the mindset I go into all my meets and I tell people that all the time when they say they're nervous or they're they're anxious and everything, I'm like, it's okay, all you can do is try your best. That's all you can do. And if that's if you gave your all, then you have to be happy with that. Yeah, and you you did pretty good, so so it worked out very well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think yeah. it's working for me. Yeah. And there is a lot of people talking about how it is in in the Olympic village with with everything around the competition. Um, how was it like there in in the Olympic village? Yeah, the Olympic village actually wasn't um, that bad. I think people, I think the news and everything just hypes up and like exaggerates everything that's going on. So my room and my roommate's room were perfectly fine. We didn't have any issues. It was very nice. And obviously, we didn't have another Olympics to compare it to. So maybe, I think some other Olympians said, oh, Beijing was better or things like that. But I've never been to any other Olympics. So to me, it was perfect. And the only issue I really heard about was some people um, were flushing toilet paper down the toilet and it stopped up um, the toilet and then there was like flooding. So that's all I heard about it. And it was one room and they got it cleaned up and everything was resolved. It wasn't like it was a huge mess or anything. So... I really enjoyed Brazil, and I think it was a great first Olympics for me. Um, I got to go see gymnastics. I went to go watch the gymnastics, and I also saw some volleyball. So it was it was a great experience for me. Yeah, and how was the restaurant like? Um, the restaurant was it was okay. They, I mean, they tried to give a variety of food and um, to kind of please everyone. But when you're cooking for that many people, I think it gets hard to prepare everything the best possible. But I, I I was okay with it. I don't have high standards for food and I'm a person open to um, different types of food anyway because I grew up in an African household and there's some Caribbean influence in my household also. And so I'm used to trying new things anyways. So it, it really wasn't bad to me. And a year after, in 2017, uh, you didn't compete at the World Championships uh, due to an, an injury. Uh, what was it and how did you handle that? Yeah, so I had um uh issue with my fibular head. I cannot remember what they actually named it, but there was no actual injury. There was It wasn't like I broke anything or sprained anything. I think it might have been some inflammation in there. And so whenever I was jumping and I came down on my second phase, I could feel it in my fibular head. And it was also like moving, when you tried to mobile, it was like moving back and forth. So just a lot of discomfort in the area. And I had been feeling it from the college season, but kind of made it through the college season the best I could, um, tried to rest a little bit. 
But then at um, at USA's, I was still feeling it. And I just didn't think it was worth going to London and being half injured and trying my best. And then also I had another college year after that. So I would have been injured at Worlds trying to recover, get a little break off, and then try and gear back up for another college season. So my coach and I talked, and we just felt it was best to just sit out, take a couple months off to rest it and heal it, and hopefully come back better in 2018, which I feel like was a good decision because all the rest led me up to be, being healthy all 2018 and still healthy now. Yeah, and uh, you did very good in uh, 2018, and you got the, the Bowerman Award. How did that feel? Yeah, that was another um, crazy moment in in my career. Um, just looking at the people who have won the Bowerman before me, there's Christian Coleman, who's a world record holder. Um, there's Queen Harrison. There's Jenna Prandini. There's Laura Raisler. There's so many people that have done great things that to just be just be known as part of that group and voted on among as part of that group and as um, someone who excels at the sport that high was just an honor. And I think it really speaks to just my consistency within college and um, what the Bowerman, what the Bowerman group believes that I can achieve in the future. Because this isn't just about what you did in college. It's about also what you do in the future. So just an honor to be um, included in amongst those names of people who have already accomplished great things. Yeah. And uh, now we're here in 2019, and it's a World Championships coming up later this month. Um, what do you hope to achieve in Doha? Yeah, um, just as I was saying before, I'm hoping to, first of all, get another personal best. That would be really nice. Um, I feel like I am peaking at the perfect time. And so just hoping to get over 1480, hopefully. And then also, if that can win me a medal, I would that would be great also. But I'm not going to prioritize a medal over getting better. I would prefer to personal best than and not get a medal than to get a medal and not do well. So I'm all about personal best. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have any more competitions before Doha? I do not. I think the match is going on, but my coach and I decided we would just rest and um, train. What's your last competition, uh, Zurich? Yes, my last competition was Zurich and then Doha and then the season's over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's October then. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a yeah. very late year. Yeah, okay. Uh, so right now it's it's super hot in, in Doha. It's like uh, 45 degrees Celsius or, or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. It's probably it's looking like it's it's going to be a little bit chillier in by the time of the championship starts but it's it will still be hot so uh, do you prepare for that in some way or how are you going to handle the heat um my coach and i don't prepare for that at all but i'm one of those people that actually loves the heat and hot weather um I don't like AC. I think it's the Nigerian blood in me. But uh, my roommates in hotels or just where I live, we always have issues with the AC because most people like it cold, especially Americans. We we love AC. But I'm one of those people that can just sit in, in hot weather and a hot room and feel comfortable because if the AC is on, I'll probably be cold. So I think I will enjoy the heat. 
But I actually was talking to some people that were at the Doha Diamond League, and they used the AC inside the track, like they're going to do, um, like they're going to do for Worlds. And they said it was kind of colder inside the track than it is when you like you're warming up and you feel hot and you feel good, and then you go inside and it actually feels a little bit cool. So I think the AC may actually be cooling down the track area. So we'll see how I feel inside there. But I'm one of the people that actually really likes the heat. And if it's hot, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think my body loves that. Next year, it's a very special year. It's the 2020 Olympic season with the Olympic Games in uh, Tokyo, Japan. How much are you looking forward to that? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, especially now that I will be experienced and know about the... I've been on the Diamond League circuit. I've competed against all my competitors multiple times. Um, in 2016, I feel like I was kind of blindsided and I was young and was just there enjoying myself. But I can be a little bit wiser and more knowledgeable this time in 2020. So just looking forward to seeing what I can what I can do and um, excited to be back at the Olympics, hopefully, because I can then call myself a two-time Olympian. And um, I've heard that Tokyo um, is a great place to, to visit. And so I'm excited to celebrate that with my family. With the, with the World Championships being so late, are you going to take some some time off or how are you going to uh, schedule the, the training ahead of uh, Tokyo? Are you doing the indoor season or not? Um, My coach and I haven't decided anything yet. I think he's saying we get six weeks off. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I will definitely be taking time off. I'm, I'm one of those people that's really big on resting and getting away from the track for mental reasons and for physical reasons. And I honestly think that my injury in 2017 was caused by not enough rest after 2016 because I went to the Olympics in August, and then I think I took a month off maybe, and then I was back for the college season again. And I think that turnaround is too fast, especially for jumpers because you have a lot of pounding going into the body. Um, runners, you may, may be able to run whenever, but... When it comes to jumping, you can't just be pounding your body into the track all the time. And so I'm a big I'm a big person that's all about rest. And we'll see what my coach says. And I also like to be around my family because they're not in Georgia where I train. So I like to uh, go see my family and spend time with my family and friends while I can before I have to go back to Georgia. Okay. And um, if we talk... A little bit about uh, training then um, you're based in Georgia uh, where you live and train um, and you as you said before you're training with uh, Petros uh, Cipriano um, who is your training partners um, so I don't really have any triple jump training partners there are some collegiate athletes that are triple jumpers but we don't always practice at the same time So my main training partners are actually long jumpers and a heptathlete. So Chanice Porter, she's a long jumper for Jamaica, and she also went to UGA. And we almost always train together. And then every once in a while, Kendall Williams, the heptathlete, will join us. If she may have hurdles or long jump or something that where she fits in with us, uh, she may also train with us. And then Laverne Spencer, who is a high jumper for, for St. Lucia, If she yeah. doesn't have high jump or she just has like a sprints day or something, we may be together also. So those are my main people that I'm with, usually just Janice Porter or sometimes the collegiate triple jumpers. Okay. As a triple jumper, you need to have a lot of uh, different qualities. 
what qualities do you think is the most important ones and how do you train these uh, qualities? Um, it's hard to say what's most important because every jumper is different. Some people are speed jumpers, some people are power jumpers, some people are more technical, some people are just strong. It, it really just depends on your body type and um, the way you jump. But for me, I think speed is definitely a big component. I'm not as tall as some of my competitors, so I need to be bringing a lot of speed down the runway. While some of the people that are taller, they can kind of um, more stride or more um, rhythmic running down the runway. Um, I also think my contacts are a big um, part of my jump because I don't want to lose any of the speed throughout each of the phases. So my time on the ground needs to be as minimal as possible. I don't want to stay on the ground long. And then um, I would say the last thing is just strength. Uh, especially for a triple jumper. I think most triple jumpers have to be very strong because I've seen some research that shows that we're putting like six times our body weight on one leg when we come back onto the ground. And so you have to be able to take that pounding on in, into um, on one leg. So I think just being strong is um, very important too. And strong in a way that's single leg, not just double leg strength. Yeah, I, I've seen that it's even more than six times. It's... It is really crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, you talked about being being very strong. Um, what what do you do? Uh, what exercises do you do in, in the gym? Do you do like regular regular uh, weightlifting or what do you do? Yeah, we do regular weightlifting. I think most jumpers do the same kind of lifting, which is clean snatches, squats and step ups. I think most athletes are doing those those four things. And then sometimes we'll just add in some plyos. So most people are doing box jumps too or um, single leg hops, different things just to work on some plyos and technique. But I don't think we're doing anything that's different than the norm. If, because people post their stuff on um, Instagram and their workouts and I feel like we're all doing the, the similar things. <laughs> yeah, it, it differs it differ a little bit uh, between the different uh, triple jump schools but i think it's it's almost the same thing everywhere yeah yeah the same base yeah exactly uh so so the world championships is uh, approaching um how do you train to be in your best shape there um i really actually leave that up to my coach <laughs> So he writes the workouts for us to peak at the certain times. And so I just have to trust him that what he that he knows what he's doing and that he's setting up everything for the right timing. The only thing I would say that I know about it is definitely competition wise, you have to be smart. So if World Championships is in October, you can't be trying to get in a whole bunch of competitions in January, February and March because your body will tire out eventually and you have to be aware of that so i know definitely one thing we looked at this year was competitions and not trying to do too many um because it's going to affect my body especially later on in the year your body gets tired and may not be the same and may not be um competing or feel the same or as um, energetic as it was in the beginning of the year so definitely watching competitions the amount of competitions is one thing and i say the only other thing i would know of is um practices and so this year, we went a lot slower in the beginning of practice because we knew it was a long year. 
So maybe in January, we'd usually be jumping or um, like really gearing up. But this year in January, we were not doing as much. We were just we just moved a lot slower this year because it was a month later or is it a month later or two months later? It's a month later. Yeah, a month and a half or something. Yeah. The championships is almost always in like, I don't know, it differs, but from early August to late August or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and when you're when you're going into a competition, do you have any routines or how do you pre- prepare for, for the competition? Um, I actually don't have any routines because I don't like to be dependent on if I do this, then I will do well, or if I have this, I will do well. I know some people have like special things they wear or something they eat that night or, you know, special routines. But for me, I don't want to be um, glued to any certain routine or certain food. I know that no matter what I eat, no matter what I do, no matter what I'm wearing, I want to show up on that day and give my all. So um, I don't have any specific routines. Um, I just say I listen to music before I compete. How many how many times do you train per week? Obviously, it will differ be, between uh, when you're in season or when you're in the preseason. Uh, but how many times do you train? Yeah, it differs, but I think usually about five times a week. We usually get Sunday off and then sometimes Thursday off. But in the preseason, we may not have Thursdays off. It, it depends how much we're jumping because the Thursday off is really just to recover from a jump day so that you can... Um, get back for another hard workout as you said uh, you're taking uh, some days off uh, after uh, uh, or you're taking a day off after the um, the jumping session um, what do you do to to speed up the recovery um so i always get treatment after i practice so whether that's massage or i have the normatec boots that you can put your legs in um Grasping, there's a uh, like a Theragun, like Hypervolt gun that you can use. So any type of massage is one thing that I definitely do. Um, some people do ice baths, but I don't like the cold, as I was saying before. I, I get cold very easily, so I stay away from the ice bath if I can. Maybe fall training, I may do an ice bath or two. But overall, no ice baths for me. <laughs> um, I also sometimes do swimming or jog- underwater jogging. So something in the water or yoga and stretching sometimes. Okay, so no ice bath, but uh, do you do sauna? Not for me. Sauna <laughs> is better for you then. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're also having some questions from our uh, Instagram followers. So uh, Donovan wonders, where is your favorite place to compete? My favorite place to compete. So I really enjoyed um, when I went to Guadalupe. And this is my first year being pro, so it's not like I have all these places to compare to. But I long jumped in Guadalupe, and the the meet just was very very well organized. Like, the hotel was very nice. The food was very good. The crowd was very involved and wanted autographs and everything. So I liked Guadalupe. But because my personal best is at Paris. I'm going to have to give it to Paris. It's my favorite place to jump. <laughs> okay. 
hopefully Doha will be the be the favorite price then in in a month or something. Yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, um, and then a, na- uh, a guy called Daniel wonders who is your favorite triple jumpers. Like, do you have any role models or something like that? Um, on the woman's side, I would say Ibar Gwen, Katarina Ibar Gwen, and. That's because I've been watching her since I was younger, and I love the energy she brings um, when she jumps. Before she jumps, she's always clapping and screaming, and I think she's just very fierce, um, not just in an athletic way, just fierce in general, and I like that about her. So I would say she's definitely one of my role models. On the male side, I would have to say Christian Taylor, and that's more because he reminds me of myself. He's not a super emotional guy. He's not going to be screaming and shouting and everything like that. But he's also very consistent and level-headed. And I love that. Um, And I think his consistency has led him to be one of the best triple jumpers in the world. And so I really, really admire him and the way he competes and the way he demands excellence from himself every time he's on the runway. Yeah. Christian, uh, he won the, the Diamond League final today. Oh, he did. I was checking the results, but he was leading, but I hadn't seen the final. Yeah, so he won uh, with a meeting record, and uh, he finished with seventeen eighty five. But it was two, I think it was two plus one in 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 the win. So oh, I think that was his first. Was it his first or second jump? Because he was leading with that from when I checked it. Yeah, it was his uh, his second jump. Okay. Um, Will Clay didn't really came up to what he did in Paris. I heard that it was actually cold there because my friend, uh, one of my training partners that I mentioned before, Laverne Spencer, she was high jumping there and she said it was freezing. Yeah, and it was raining also. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It will be better weather in Doha. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No cold. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay. So, the last question uh, if you could invite a guest to the Triple Jumpers podcast, who would you like to to listen to? Um, who? That's a hard one. Yeah. So I would have said Ibar Gwen, but she speaks Spanish, so I may not understand the podcast. <laughs> but maybe have you done Will Clay? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, I'd say maybe Will Clay because I think he has a very interesting personality. Um, just that he. He long jumps also, so that's also been one. He's also been one of my role models from when I was younger because he won a medal. I think it was 2012 in long jump and triple jump. So I love that he does both. And then he's also is a rapper and involved in a lot of different things. And I like when athletes are versatile and not just athletes, but are doing other things with themselves. So I think it'd be really interesting to hear um, from him. Yeah, he said he wanted to to join the show, but we we haven't set anything up up yet. Okay, okay. But we will fix that. <laughs> I'll be listening. Yeah, okay. Um okay, thank you very much for joining the podcast. It, it was an honor to have you on the show and very much uh, good luck at the World Championships. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this and thank you for doing this for triple jumpers as a whole because some people don't know much about the athletes or the sport or or the event and so I really appreciate this. It was very nice to hear Ketora's story and inspiring to hear from someone who has accomplished so much while still being so young. 
I really liked her mindset about focusing on jumping far rather than winning. And it was also very interesting to hear what she had to say about the world championship that actually is just a couple of weeks away. Hopefully, I will have time to make another episode until then. And if you have any tips on who I should interview, send an email to info at triplejumpers.com. And also, don't forget to follow us on social media and check out the news uh, section on the website. I will soon be back with another episode. Until then, have a good time. Bye. Tremendous speed once again. And he's, oh my goodness, that is huge. It's a white flag for the Cuban. Freddy Tadbo for la posterité.